What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of What's Your ETA? I'm your co-host, Megan Hester. And I'm your co-host, Vivian Summers. We're here to take you behind the scenes of the hair and makeup industry. We have Marvin A. Carrington. He's president of Max Style Inc. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you very much. We are very excited. I want to talk about like I think I ran into you when I was waitressing, which is crazy because I thought it was something else, but it was down at the boathouse in Austin. Exactly, about fifteen years ago. I know that's my hometown. You live there now, which is so yes, insane. I do. Like, my whole lineage is there. Like, family from, you know, when they came from Ellis Island, that's where they went to, Ossinan. Which is- and I don't know why you left, because I love it. <laughs> I love Ossinan. We left because Jermaine got a TV show, so we had to come out okay. here. So that was how okay. that happened. You have a huge, you know, salon in New York City that you do women of color. Are you more relaxed styles? Are you more, like, what is your philosophy? My philosophy is, first of all, I don't do any wigs, lace fronts, extensions. I don't do that anymore. Okay. Used to, wow. but I don't do that anymore. I'm strictly cut in color, keratin, mm-hmm. relaxes, um, all types of color, highlights, balayage, baby lights, all of that. But I'd rather work on hair that God gave me. Okay. That's my I philosophy that. right now. I love that. So it's now that doesn't mean that doesn't mean if somebody calls and says, "Listen, I need you on set," I won't go. All right. Do you yeah. go to set often or, well, right now no one's going uh, to set, but. <laughs> no, nobody's going to set right now. But actually I haven't because I've been in this, um, I've transitioned from the salon to a suite. Oh, wow. Okay. And when you have your own suite, you have your own business, you're responsible for everything. Uh, so I'm there every single week. Where are you located? I am on 59th Street across the street from Bloomingdale's. Ooh. Wow, that's cool. What's the what's the difference between a salon and a suite? You know, it's just like we, we recently also interviewed Rick Pepino and he gave up his salon and he does pop-ups now because he was saying the overheads were too much for him to have a salon. Is that a similar thing that's going on in general in the industry, do you think? It's actually different for each person, each demographic, each stylist. Each person who specializes is different for everybody. For me, it made perfect sense because I've been doing this for 40 years. I've been in 13 salons. All of those salons are closed. Every last one. Every single one has closed. Every single salon that I've ever been in, in my life, white, black. Yeah. You know Rick, right? Rick Pepino, he's he he like does all like well he used to be like the Victoria's Secret guy. (laughs) Well, exactly, exactly. And even some of the owners, um, you know, they're closing salon, but they transition over to suites. Okay. So the difference for me is no more meetings, no more discussing hair in the sink, no more discussing who didn't show up for their client or who mixed color inappropriately or who has a dis- dissatisfied client or who didn't talk to their clients. Pro- no more meetings. So no more noise. No more noise. <laughs> I, can focus noise. On, I can focus on my client. If I want a suite large enough, I can have an assistant, but I don't even have an assistant anymore because I'm 100 by 100 square feet. I'm doing one to two clients at a time. 
perfectly peaceful, just the clients I love. You're and busy all the time. I'm busy all the time. I know. I see it all the time. I love it. And God bless yeah. all of that. Like, it's beautiful. It's, it's really a blessing. Viv, what did you, you were discussing with me right before yes. that you love, you love certain parts of what he does, um, philosophy wise. I, I just, I love how you fold your life's philosophy um, and your beliefs and your values into your work. I love how you call yourself an alchemist because as a fellow artist of 34 years, myself as a makeup artist, I feel that way. And mm. I feel every single day I know that when my life's philosophy, I'm very much a proponent of, you know, health and well-being and, you know, personal growth. Um, I'm an astrologer. I'm, I'm very into that. I have a strong belief in that. And I love to bring that into my work. And I can see that very much with you. Yeah, and you I feel like that really reflects in your work. Is that something that you just you you uh, adhere to or it's just a natural flow out that the way that's your your style because I feel like you have a lot to teach people I reading a lot of a lot of your posts they're very wisdomic they're deep and they're also like setting some people straight well I do thank you for that um for me it was strictly the same thing that happens to all of us we evolve yeah all of us evolve um, we started at a certain point. We struggled at a certain point. We're trying to figure out life, trying to figure out um, our clients. We have all these discussions and all these, these discussions. Um, and the knowledge we have is a culmination of all the discussions we've had with all these clients. All the mistakes that we mistakenly told them, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe I should have said do something else. Well done that. And, yeah, you, you, we've all had them. And, you know, as time goes by, especially for me after 40 years, I have clients that I've done since they were 14 that are now retired. That's actually beautiful. Yeah. You know, and, they you know, I'm doing, you. they grew up with me and I'm still doing my thing. So I've had enough discussions with people to give them the right advice. I think uh, we, we discussed real estate. We've discussed college. We've discussed their children, relationships. I love how family-oriented you are. You are so yes. proud of your wife. You're so proud of your child. And that was enough, that was a huge reason, too, why I loved to bring, I, I wanted you on here. I was like, oh, my God, he's. You it's so romantic. <laughs> it's like purpose. Like your family is like the, you know, you the revolve core. your work around the family. And usually it's the opposite. Give you a perfect example. Um, you know, when I first really started getting into the Instagram, 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 posting, posting, you see people post their work, post their work, and I posted my work and I post my work. And I said, something's missing. Yeah. I said, I'm not just a hairstylist. I'm in love with my wife. I, I adore my daughter. So let me just make sure that they get in every week so people know why I do what I do. See, so, yeah. there's purpose. It's inspirational for me because I think there's a slight part of me that's a little rebellious and doesn't like posting because I come from the era prior to any social media mm -hmm. and where Megan and I were discussing last week that, you know, it kind of wasn't cool to take photos with celebrities yeah. or some of your clients. It, it was kind of upon. kind it of frowned upon. upon to be like, hey, I'm with your, this person today. You know, like that was frowned upon. I see the negative in it too, but I, I, I don't have any celebrities. I have like a handful and the celebrities that I do have, um, they're professionals. They get in and they get out. 
Uh, I keep it quiet. That's the purpose of having a suite. Yeah. Um, but nowadays, posting is how you promote yourself. Yeah. yeah. And you I, I love the way that you do it. It's, it's inspirational for me because even like my personal life and my family is, is equally as important. And a couple of people were like, no, you, can't, you, can't, you have to keep them separate. And it doesn't feel that way for me either. So after looking through your Instagram, I can see that's the way I would like to approach it. He does it the right way. You definitely do it the right way. Yeah. And, and the other thing, too, is that, and I tell people this all the time, stop looking at social media and thinking that you have to follow this direction or that person's direction. You can make it whatever you want it to be because it's your page. Yeah. Absolutely. This is your life. So do what you feel comfortable with. And that's going to translate to the all the people that you're trying to attract. You attract what you put out. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so the person it becomes more personal. I love and that. And attracted to the person that you are instead of just what you do. I have a question. Um, when it comes to clients, have you ever had, you know, like, I know you have a, a small niche of celebrities that you have worked with or gone on set with. But have you ever had people come in and say, wow, I did like a shoot and, you know, this hairstylist there just was like, oh, you're fine. Because I feel like Viv and I, like, we both can contest to this, that yes. we walked into situations where hairstylists just don't have the tools for black hair or, you know, like, and it's like, what? It, it might, it's mind blowing to me. So it's mm -hmm. like, what do you think of that culture of like, cause I always feel, I always feel bad for actors that come in, even background. Cause it, this is a big thing with background. So like background yeah. and the hairstyles that are there for background are like, Oh, they look fine. And I've said stuff where I'm, I make up and I'm like, really? Like, that's fine. <laughs> like, I, don't I think there's that. a bit of fear around that. Um, and I can, I can attest to that personally coming from Australia where there's so few people of color to do hair and makeup on. When I first moved here six years ago, it was incredibly, um, yeah, I was afraid. What do you think of that Marvin? I'm just curious of like all the cultural stuff. Like how, how do you pack? I look at it differently. Okay. I don't, th I don't think it's a cultural thing. I think it's a professional thing. Okay. Yeah. It's like it's like once I posted, um, I'm not a black-owned business, and I don't want you to come to me because I'm a black-owned business. I want you to come to me because you love my work. Yeah. So I service white, Latino, Asian, black. I, I do everything. And anybody that sits in my chair, I can confidently go in and take care of that person. And anybody that's behind the set, anybody that's on set, should be able to take care of all. Why are you on set? Exactly. Why are you on set? You know, um, they, they give people opportunities and it's great that, you know, everybody deserves a shot. But once you have that shot, do your research. And yeah. it's the same thing with makeup. There's makeup artists that feel they, they just can't do darker color. skin. They don't, they don't know they, color. They don't know color. They don't have the foundation. They don't have. Yeah. And, and they can't match it properly. And now the the and now they're ashy. Upset. They look. Yeah. They look like they died. <laughs> no. Yeah. Exactly. So it's the same thing with makeup, and it yeah. works the other way too. Is that you have black hairstylists that oh now I have to do this this, this white hair, this straight hair. I have to do an updo. I have to do. And they've never had experience. And it doesn't know, they don't know how to make it stay up. And because they don't know how to make it stay up, if the hair is fine or if it's limp, they don't know how to tease it properly. It works across right. the board. This is not a black yeah. and white thing. It's just 
It's just your ability. What would you say to hairstylists coming out of school that want to get into this career? Like, what would you give advice about knowing all textures? I give advice, the same advice I've given everybody since the beginning is that don't stay stuck on what you want to do. If you, if you want to specialize and specialize in that, don't try to be on set. Exactly. Yeah. You just specialize. No. If you specialize in extensions, just do extensions. If you specialize in pixies, just do pixies. If you specialize in natural hair, just do natural hair because you're not going to be able to, tra it's not going to translate well on set. And the, and the same thing also applies to the, to the black hairstylists because a lot of black hairstylists that go to school, go to hair school, they're not taught natural hair. Yeah. I'm, and I'm going to tell you another little secret. I can do everything, but I still can't braid. Actually did a job where she Oh my like, god. Tell him about this because she was like, should I should I go No, I, I, this is exactly what I did because I, I so agree with everything you're saying is I've done a lot of research. That doesn't necessarily translate to 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 doing it. Exactly. And um so I did get offered a job just recently working on a David LaChapelle shoot and it was doing a, as a hair assistant. Mm -hmm. And um the hair hairdresser said you need to do cornrows. So an amazing job and opportunity. I told her, Don't do the job. <laughs> and 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 I so I sent him a lovely long text and I said to him I'm not your girl. I cannot do cornrows. She was very honest with him, and he. And that's and that's what you have to do. That's what you have to do. I said it. You know, there's no use me. I tr I actually tried to do them on my husband. My husband was very patient until he wasn't, <laughs> and then um, I was like, "This isn't happening." I'm at a certain age now where the left brain and the right brain is not working. It's not going together. I can learn a lot of styles, but I cannot get this. So yeah. I, I said, I have to let this job go. A mutual friend of ours who is fantastic at doing cornrows, yeah. Chanel, I, I gave her over to him and he came back to me and said, I do not want her. I want you. So after. You wanted Viv there for her personality, loved her personality, but had zero experience with Brayden. <laughs> and, and, and he's like, don't worry. I won't make you do them. You know, this is what you're talented at. You know, I'll keep you to on set, you mm. know, uh, with the 30s styles and the 40s and the 80s. And the 80s is definitely things with, with fine 80s hair. I'm brilliant at that because that's how I've always done my own hair. So, okay. um, I get there on the first day and he's like, go in there and do cornrows. And I'm like, I told you I can't do them. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do them. I'm not even going to try. So, yeah, I think that it's, you know, there's so many different variations and I think it's wonderful that you you said this is what I do now. He's honest. He's like, I don't do braids. I'm not I don't do braids and I'm the, not doing It's the only extensions. thing that I don't do. And as a matter of fact, when I did go on set on a regular basis, um, all these years from 90, well, I'll say from 93 to when the city shut down, I always had an assistant. So I had about 14 assistants and my assistants last, lasted about two years each. Oh, wow. I would, whenever I went on set, I brought my assistant just in case. So if I had, if some braiding needed to be done. You braided. Are you no braiding? I got it. No problem. But now it's it's just not going to happen. I don't braid. I you know. So my I don't braid. I do not braid either. Is is simply that a lot of uh, black hairstylists that get 
they, they graduate from Empire, they go out into the world, they're taught how to do hair, they're not taught how to do natural hair. Um, natural hair has a lot of different intricacies and, and, different and variations patterns. and textures, and you have to know product, you have to have product with you, you have to have a large amount of product, and of course, if you're on set and you you're 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 dealing with this 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 black this black hair, it's always going to be much more than you expected. It's always going to be down here somewhere. So my thing is just just take classes, just learn. And and to your point, you you tried to braid your husband's hair. You can't go on set like that. No, <laughs> she warned him though. You have to practice, practice, practice. So when you're yeah. when you put them in front of the camera, it's perfect. Yeah, that yeah. that that was like you were very honest, Viv. So that was like a totally mess up. But what I want to do ask you, Marvin, is what do you think should be in a person's kit for you know doing braids or doing you know just you know in my bathroom, Jermaine, obviously, we have these tools. Which this is a pick, but like. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people don't know what this is for. And we also have the foam. Um, what is that the foam thing called? But I, I know what it does. Well, you have the foam sponge, and the sponge has little holes in it, which is similar to that. It actually came out before that net. Okay. Um, and the sponge is probably a little more practical, even though that's more sanitary. Got uh, it. Okay. Yeah, that's much more sanitary. But not everybody is, you know, doing that either. No. It's like, that's for it's like if you have somebody... If it's just to give you a, a little, give the hair a little more separation, a little more detail. Say, for instance, they have a little afro and it's just sitting there. You, you hit it with your foam. Um, you can use uh, a foam wrap lotion. Sometimes you can use mousse. Just always have your spray bottle and you spray water. it. And then you water. can, yeah, just water. <laughs> water is your best friend. With curly um, hair, yeah. You want to have uh, you want to have conditioners with you. Um, you want to have foam wrap lotion is what we use primarily. That's your mousse would be our foam wrap lotion. Okay, it's oh, very simple okay. and similar in consistency, but it's a it's a much lighter uh, viscosity. And then also, um, what is the difference? Because I know that with, uh, you know, if I were to go in the salon and I say, hey, I want to do a relaxer, aren't isn't it different for like the relaxer that you would do on, you know, Jermaine or, or a relaxer on me, isn't it called two different things? I'm like trying to. No, if you're relaxing hair, it's not, it's not about culture. It's about texture. texture it's always yeah. about I've had, um, I've had clients that have sat in my chair that are white that have, I use the same relaxer on everybody. I use the same relaxer, white, Latino, black. It's the same relaxer. What you're altering is your technique. Got it. And what you're, altering, what you're altering is your timing. Because, you know, if you're white and you have, you know, curly, curly hair, and I put that relaxer in, it's going to respond quickly. Got it. If, you okay. have, if you're black and you have kinky, tight, 4C hair, and you put that relaxer in, you're going to be working for a while. And you're going to be working with oh. a fun. Oh. Yeah. It's, okay. they, it's different pattern, curl patterns, too. So there's different like... Curl. And, and that's what I think people don't realize either is like understand the curl pattern of people's hair, even because Latinos also have different curl same patterns. Thing. Yeah, same it's the thing. same exact thing. I have curly hair, but it's like I have Sicilian hair, so it's very frizzy. It's not right. like, you know what I mean? 
So it's and you would be a candidate for a keratin as opposed yes, to... Yes, I'm a keratin okay. person. <laughs> and I have very, very fine hair. This is straight out of the shower. So it's like I can't take literally any product. It's really difficult for me. I, I literally don't use product because I find nearly everything hair. just weighs it down, separates mm -hmm. it, and really doesn't work. Maybe a little bit of mousse. That's about it. Okay. Yeah, even spray, even when I has, use some hairspray, it's just... He's like, you got to come into my salon when you're in New York and I'll, I'll hook you up. <laughs> yeah, uh, because my hair my hair is also literally 100% gray. So, you know, I went gray very young. And it's just, it's kind of coarse, but it's fine. It's weird, you know, yeah. and uh, it just doesn't like product. I, I have tried a lot of different products. I've got a crazy amount in my kit. But, yeah, so I'd be very keen to find out what you think would work for my hair. Well, actually, for I have a client um, similar to to you with your texture and gray hair, and what I use in her is a wrap, like I just mentioned before, I use yeah. a wrap lotion instead okay. of a mousse because a wrap lotion is much lighter. Mousse is okay. very very heavy, um, yeah. and I get the point of it, and it's you know it can be drying and hard. The, the wrapping lotion is so much lighter. And so much, uh, the much less viscosity, and it dissipates much easier. See, you know terms of stuff which a lot of hairstylists don't know, like the fact that you're using the term viscosity, sorry, and like all mm -hmm. that stuff. A lot of people don't know those terms. And is it something that you just learned as you went with products, or? No, Vivian will tell you we're old school, so this is what we learned in yeah. school. <laughs> Nowadays, they don't learn these things. <laughs> well, it, it's true. You know, old school, like for even like when I studied makeup all those many years ago, you know, I did a year and a half. Like I had to do a year and then I had to do special effects completely separate. I was nearly two mm. years of study. It just feels to me that things are kind of, you know, with the pace of life, the courses, they, they're shorter and they, I think they, they jump across things and they don't go into as much detail. I know because I taught last year as well a bit at a school. I like to describe it as diluted because what they did is they tried to, like they tried to touch on natural hair a little bit. So in trying to squeeze this extra piece of curriculum in, it kind of dilutes everything else. Got it. Exactly. You know? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You just said it in one sentence. Yeah. I also wanted to talk to you about cultural inappropriateness, like when I when you see magazines. Um, why why do people get so upset when they see like Kim Kardashian with braids, or cornrows, or an actor that's white with braids? I know that cornrows they they come from Africa and BC are also you know Afros. That's where where it comes from. And I'm wondering if that is part of that stigma, or I know you are not that person because you don't believe in you know from from talking to you, but why does that come up? Um, it comes off basically it's, it's grounded in ignorance. That's all it is. It's grounded in ignorance. And it works both ways because you have uh, a natural community who are Afrocentrists and they're, why do you relax your hair? And you shouldn't relax your hair. You're trying to emulate Europeans. And I've been hearing this for 40 years. You know, this is people that, you know, they have the Afro. They have the natural, and it's beautiful. Our hair is beautiful, but it's meant to do a lot of things. And it, it, it's very versatile. It's actually the most versatile hair on earth. I think so, 
so we can we can wear our hair relaxed. We can wear our hair curly. We can wear our hair super curly, natural, with no product in it. Um, why can't a white woman or Spanish? You go to Dominican Republic and you have girls braiding hair. Yeah, everybody's that's like braiding normal. hair. Yeah, true. Yeah. Very true. It's, it's not a big deal. You have you have women that, that with straight hair that can wear locks, and it can be done. Yeah. And I think it's just a choice. If that's what you want to do, you should be able to do it. For me, I call them nosy people. I, I'm I'm not really into um, why are you doing this or what. Those are people that are sticking their nose in business that does not concern them. So <laughs> that, that, it's just no, and it's just a lot of nosy people in the world. There's a lot of, a lot nosy of noise. I, I feel like it's a, just a lot of nonsense noise that there's so much other things that they could be worried about. I well, it's kind of a that. version of trolls. It's kind of like a, you know, a semi troll thing going on. You know, it's I like, think it's different for Mar for Mar you to like say that. But if I were to say that, it's like, you know, like it's a tone deaf thing for me to say something like that. Why? Well, it, it would come off, it would come off, uh, Condescending or yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, no, it definitely would come off like that. But that's why I really wanted to have someone of color that is a boss in this industry. And I believe you are a boss in this industry. Oh yeah. You if you look at your Instagram page, you are working constantly and you praise your clients. And I think that's the secret with your salon is that you are loyal to your people. You are loyal to every client that comes in and you give them a thousand percent. And I think yeah. that's another thing like that I love about you. And I, I maybe talk to our viewers about how passion comes through with what you do. That's hard because um, it depends on the individual. It depends on what you do. It depends on how long you've been doing it. It depends on so many different things. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of makeup artists. That's all they do is makeup. I know makeup artists, they just... They, oh, they, they're studying colors. They're, they're working. They're, they're, they're bringing family members over. Come on, let me try this. They're doing this all this in the middle. And they do it all the time. They do it at every holiday. And that's what you call passion. When you love doing what you do and you want to do it for everybody. For me, I love all my clients. I don't care who walks through the door. I have fired people. I, I don't do stupid people. If you don't have, you know, common sense, if you don't know how to come in the salon and and not speak on speaker. If you don't know how to come in the salon and not have 12 bags because you came from Bloomingdale's, if you don't know how to come into my salon um, and you're speaking too loud and, you know, my chair is right here. We're having a conversation. I don't want people in the other suite to hear you. These are little things that tick me off. But the, the vast majority, I have like 200 clients. I know. And a lot of clients. <laughs> I have a lot of clients. And, and, and all of my clients are people that I have put into this funnel and pushed out just the ones that I wanted so that we all get along. We all have great energy. And yeah. while I'm on the client part, I also want to say where I'm at, there's 75 suites. There's about 75 suites. Maybe about 70 of them are full. We have manicures from Japan, we have hairstylists from Ukraine, we okay. have hairstylists from Russia, we have Dominican, we have black, we have white, we have- You have like a community. A true rainbow. That's and everybody gets, And everybody gets along, we respect each other. If I can't do something, 
I'm going to send you to somebody that can. And yeah. that means, um, you know, we have hair color specialists, extension specialists. We have everybody in these suites. So the way I feel doesn't just extend to my clients. It's about the community. That's and it's just, that's what I love about it. Because you go to a salon, a salon is like a group of people. And we service this yeah. this group of people. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you go to Dominican salons, it's a group of people, and we service. I like this because it's everybody. It's everybody. And that's what makes it nice. And the passion is just, I just love people. That's beautiful. It sounds like where you are right now is more of like an ecosystem of like artists that support one another. And that's something Viv and I speak about all the time. Like, is it yeah. possible for artists to support one another? And what you just basically laid out is the foundation yes. of how an artist can support one another. And I can applaud your whole building. I don't know who's in that building, but that's beautiful to see. Um, it's an important philosophy for moving forward in our times. Yeah. I think it's imperative at the moment. It's like it's the basis of empathy, the basis of us all showing in our industries how we can all get along. And mm -hmm. we need that more than ever right now. We really do. We really do. You've been in New York City pre-9-11, after 9-11, pre-COVID, after COVID. Have you seen a huge shift in, um, like, basically how many clients have been coming to you to, you know, are you able to afford stuff like you used to? Like, I'm trying to, like, give out, I guess, a roadmap for artists that come out of school. Like, this is where you can go. And what would you say about that? financially how, how the gain it's funny i just uh i put up a post about that maybe about a week ago and i was talking to uh new artists and people that were just just um uh graduating from school and i said your choices are limited yeah. your choices are very limited it's not like you have i remember when 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 i was calling empire and i said i needed an assistant they had they sent me 12 13 people um, and I would interview one at a time and, and, and if I didn't want them, I would tell them where they can go because there's so many salons that they can go to. Those salons have been cut in half, if not maybe one third oh, wow. in, Manhattan. in Manhattan. It's about one third of the salons that were pre-pandemic. Well, we're only talking about four years. There's about maybe a half to a third of the salons that were out there. So when you graduate, now you have to do your research and try to find a stylist, um, maybe through social media or a salon that still will hire you and train you, make sure that you're adamant about training. You don't just want to be a shampoo girl. Yes. You want to ask questions. You want to find out where can you go from here? What, what, what can I look for? Uh, what's my future working with you? You want to work for that kind of salon. And if you work for an individual, you want to try to find the best artists that you can find and try to find somebody that has a variety of techniques and a variety of um, talents, not somebody that just does one thing. You can specialize in one thing, too. That works. Um, and if you do, be the best that you could possibly be at it. But I always felt that if you do multiple things and you try to service a variety of people, you come out better on the end. That's really good advice, Melvin. That is great advice. 
Yeah, this yeah. podcast, like when we started What's Your ETA, it, it was basically a platform for us to introduce to other artists that are either inspired to like become one. They are artists at the time. Maybe they're in a weird funk. Like we wanted to open that audience to be like, hey, like these are great professionals that can give you advice. And I think you literally hit it on the nail just now with yeah. everything that you said from, you know, the yeah. culture that you guys, you know, like hair from New York City where it's been because Rick Mapino he also said the same thing he was like yeah he's like it's a different culture now like it's completely different society's different there's not salons like it used to be everything is like completely shortened so to, mm -hmm. to know that um there is only a small amount for people to get work that's good to hear from you and also a person like Rick especially in New York City yeah it is yeah, you know, we're just... constantly all having to evolve and we have to do it on our feet because things are changing all the time economically. Every, everything is changing. But a haircut never changes. Let's be real. A haircut never that's, changes. That's good, Megan. That's very a good true. A haircut never changes because let me tell you, or a great blowout because let me tell you, you go into a yeah. salon and people can really jack up your hair. It's like, whoa. <laughs> And that's another thing, too, that you said once, Marvin, about, you know, if I'm giving you my 100% my attention, I'd really like you to do the same for me in, in yeah, regards to you. Yeah, I've never about the client. Never. And it's so no. true because sometimes when I'm doing somebody's makeup, it's, A, very difficult to do their makeup when they're looking down on their phone and yeah. they're or they're talking to them and you're trying to get in and around them and sometimes they are a celebrity so you can't really say too much because you're not in that position it's not like you're the department head or they're your regular okay. client they might be in the chair for the first time but you really want to say it because it's kind of like look i'm here to give you a hundred percent of me could you give you a little bit back to me of i'm your? not going to mention any names but i have told celebrities to put their phone down nobody can sit <laughs> <my phone. laughs> No, 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 seriously, nobody no, can sit I love that. there and while I'm cutting and you can't, you can't be on your phone while I'm cutting, period. I, I think I saw you post love it. about that. Yeah. I think I saw you post yeah. about that because basically people don't understand, like, even if your legs are crossed, you're getting a messed up cut. I tell people to uncross their legs and sit up straight. And once I say that, they kind of intuitively, intuitively know that, well, the rest goes <laughs> along with it. Let me put my phone down. Let me put my stuff yeah. away and respect this man. I'm going to put my phone down now. He put a little bass in his voice, you know. He put a little bass in his voice. How does it sound? Uncross your legs and sit up? Look, you just made me do it. Yeah, no, it's, it's a real thing. Like, people don't understand. Like, that affects the haircut. Like, you, yeah. your posture, you're, you're slumped over. You're, if you're on your phone, you're affecting your haircut, guys. Well, you yeah. also get a messy makeup. And that's on you, you know, and I, I can say it two or three times. And after that, I'm just like, well, you know what? You're not going to get you. the best eyeliner. <laughs> it's going to be uneven. Um, yeah. I, I, to be honest with you, I think times have changed because people are in their phones more. But when I was on set and when I was uh, with Essence Magazine, Mademoiselle, um, a couple other magazines, all, everybody was getting their makeup done. They were sitting like like statues. Get they out. didn't move. They, they, nobody was looking down at the phone. I've had actors, I'm not going to say who, like hungover from the night before. And I've had to do bald caps on them and they're asleep. <laughs> well, it, well, yeah, that's different. 
That is not a picnic. And then I look yeah. at the screen and I'm like, please don't look like Chip. Please don't look like Chip. But it's yeah. happened quite a few times. I've never had people, like, no, I won't say never, but I've had very few actors, celebrities sit and actually be present. Usually they're running lines, they're in their emails, because they're, they're mm. also trying to get stuff done in between. So like, Yeah, they're kind of, they're trying to prepare and they're just about to go on set. So I get that they're distracted. No, actors, they're often distracted. Some, some singers and actors are different. You know, yeah, you know, models and stuff. Yeah, I could see that. How did you get introduced with um, magazine and editorial? Because I see that a lot of people quote you. They quote you about, you know, curly hair, um, how to style... You know, how did you get into that? Uh, that's a good question. I started with the hair magazines first, and I was always in the hair magazines. And then some of the other magazines that had hair sections, they would call me, or I would call them and submit my work. And they oh, would say, oh, yeah, come on over, because you can do that too. You can always call an editor directly, especially if they have a hair section. And especially People if you're consistent. Yeah, especially if you're consistent with your work. But... There's no magazines anymore. I know there's no <laughs> magazines. But That's they still right. call, like, I've been doing it for a long time. So I know. Mm-hmm. How do you suggest a newcomer coming out to be like, hey, this is a path? There is no like, you know, Rick was like, there's no there's no written stone way of going. But if there was I think I think honestly, there's a lot of personal qualities that a person needs to be a hairstylist or a makeup artist. Um, there's a lot of personal qualities that a person needs to be in the beauty industry, period. And the number one thing is consistency. That's the number one thing that you have to have. Um, secondly would be organization. You have to be organize, organized. Keep good records. Stay Friendly. on time. Yeah. Always be on time. Always be punctual. And you're developing a reputation of who you are. That's how you begin your reputation. Um, through that, you build your clientele. Through that, you build through word of mouth. Okay. Through that, you can start your social media and you have something to say. Um, make sure education is your foundation because the more you learn, the better off your clients will be. Do you continue to educate yourself now with new techniques? Always. Always. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to air shows. I will pay people if I think that you are uh, doing something new and not recycling something that I did in the 90s. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's hard. a lot of that going on. That's there's hard because fashion is recycled. Everything's recycled. Fashion, everything. It's a carousel. They actually think curtain bangs are new. I know. I laugh at that. I'm like, you guys, what do you think? I was doing curtain bangs, bangs like... <laughs> From my own hair in way ago. Well, that, so. that was the 70s trend. That was like, that was. Hey, yeah, I know. I went through it. <laughs> She's like, I still now, have it. <laughs> and now you have 150 different techniques to get a, a curtain bang. Yeah, you that's know? so true. It's wild. It's so wild. So for. for but it's still a curtain bang. I know it's still a curtain bang. But for you as a hairstylist, you, you can even. Contest that it's like everything goes through the same fashion. Everything continues exactly. to evolve. But there's always that trend that has like the 70s twist or the 60s twist. Or it's it's nothing that's never been out there. That's why I, I laugh at that too. Because they're like, this is the new 
new trend. And it's like, no, 20 years ago, that was the new trend. <laughs> yeah. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And then, you know, you know, you've been in the business long enough and you can see these things evolve over and over again. And all you can do is embrace new techniques and try to incorporate that in with your styling. Um, embrace the new techniques and try to try to 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 make them better you know do you have like would you say there's a there's something that a style that you've personally created out of bringing things together that's a marvin carrington style art cut some people some people say some of my pixies are mine Ooh. um i love pixies i love doing them uh i you see a lot of all of this is gone and you see all this hair on top coming I to the side. That. I was doing that in the nineties. Okay. So and then and then taking that hair and making it curly on top and full and doing different things on top. Um I've been doing that now. It's a big thing. Everybody's doing it. Can I say I invented it? I can't say that. I can't say that. Well you 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 were ahead of the wave. You rode that wave before that wave. Became I studied, um, I learned how to cut from a guy named John Atchison. Oh, I want to hear this. Where, who, where, who is he from? Who is he? John Atchison, uh, well, I, I'll tell you the story quickly. I graduated yeah. from, from Wilfred Academy in 82, no, 83. And I, I worked in this little salon on 233rd Street in the Bronx where my sister worked at because, you know, she was making hair, she was doing hair part-time and making pretty good money. Uh, working in the bank during the day, doing hair part time, and I said, I wonder what would happen if I tried to do it full time. So let me let me put all my all into it. Go to work for the academy, come out and do hair full time, and maybe I can really make some money because she made pretty good money at, at night and on Saturday. Yeah. And I got out. I worked at her salon, and I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. It was a uh, what I call an old lady salon. Oh, the blue ring salon. The nasty yeah. scalps that come in. I'm not trying to be mean. I went to hair school and the scalps that would come in, I'd be like, ooh, that's actually what made me go to do makeup. It was that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, it was a neighborhood salon, so you had the TV on and they're watching Young and the Restless and Days of Our Lives and, and the world turns and Oprah <laughs> every day, every day. So... So I did the same thing that I'm recommending all of these new students to do. I did my research. I found John Atchison was on 55th Street between 5th and 6th in 1983. He was doing Melba Moore, Cicely Tyson, the cast of The Cosby Show. He had all of these stars coming through. White, he had black, he had Asian. And I said, I want to work for him. So I went down. And I asked him if he had a space uh, for an assistant. Um, he asked me to try out, bring a couple of models. I screwed it up. You know, the models were jacked up. I could not cut even remotely close to him because his cuts were perfect. He was a student. He managed of uh, the Dal Sassoon Salon. Oh, Ooh. wow. Okay. So when he did a cut, the cut was perfect, perfectly balanced. Well, Vidal, when back. Back then, you had a Back beat. Then. That was, I, it was yeah. like, it was a culture. It was like Rit the down for perfect yeah. cuts. Perfect precision cut. Yeah. And back then, it was all about precision. 
So anyway, I, I, long story short, I wound up working for him and it was the greatest experience in my life. Uh, he gave me my foundation as far as how to treat clients, how to talk to, to talk to clients, how to, um, uh, execute the styles, complete the styles. He taught me finishing. He taught me how to be a polished hairstylist. So I took that. I stayed there maybe 18 months. And then I went somewhere else because I wanted to, he didn't teach me color. His salon, like most salons, like most white salons, was separated between trichologists and stylists. What is that, trichologist? The trichologist did the coloring yeah, and okay. did all the chemicals. And the stylist did the cutting and styling. Okay. And I wanted to get into the coloring, so I left him. But by the time I left him, I knew what I was doing. Oh, dope. Okay. Yeah. I so love I, all this. Yeah, you know, sometimes you just got to move around. But the main thing is do the research, find the person that you want to emulate, and beg them to be. I was like that in New York City when I first became makeup. So I love that you said that. I was such a crazy, like, I want to work with you. I want to work with you. Like, I was like, I was too much, but that's how I got my, my work. They were like, this woman's very passionate. So I get it. Mm -hmm. I want to yeah. thank you so much for coming on, but I want you to tell us, do, is there anything you want to say to future stylists or even clients that come in that, that you want the last thing that to be said to them? Well, also like, what's your future? Like, what do you see for yourself? What would you like to, you know, like I always have a dream and 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 I can see where, like I'm, I'm doing a short film this weekend that I'm so excited about because of the director and I love the script. And so to me that, you know, I have, I, ne I never stop dreaming about what I want to do next. What, do you have that? Yeah, what is your dream? What passions do you have for the future? That's a good question, Viv. Well, I'm going to tell you, um, and this is kind of strange. Uh, because I am passionate about what I do, because I do love what I do, I will do what I do until I am no more. Um, I love that. I, you know, I, I want to buy homes. I like buying homes. I like having tenants. I like uh, investing. I'm into my family. I'm not into taking care of grandkids. I'm not going to do that. I have a three. <laughs> I have a, my youngest older child is 41 years old like i'm not doing that guys <laughs> my baby my baby is three and a half years old i love that you and, and we might even have another one <gasps> so i didn't say nobody's anybody i didn't say anybody's pregnant i was about to congratulate I, you <laughs> no 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 I'm do that. we might have another one. so anyway long story short i love what i do i want to do other things on the side because i am an entrepreneur and probably have to do with investing but I am going to be in the salon, in my suite, until God calls me home. That's beautiful. One other thing, how do you, do you have, have an IRA outside of everything? Or do you, like, what, is there any kind of information you could give future stylists like to safeguard their retirement? Is there retirement if you were able to? Uh, the best thing I can say is, you know, educate yourself as much as you can about stocks, education, educate yourself as much as you can about real estate. I think real estate is the, the most sound uh, investment that there is. That's why I do it. Um, just invest, invest in yourself. It's very hard to do a 401k for yourself. Yeah. What about it, health insurance? Yourself, 
you're giving yourself money. Yeah, you, you have a tax incentive toward the end, but you, you don't have a match because nobody's really matching. So it's not, you're not, you don't have a pension, so you have to invest. That's, educate yourself in money, savings. Do not run out and buy Gucci, Prada, boom, 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 boom. Because yeah. Yeah. later on, you're going to realize it's not that important. You know, Marvin, my dad actually, my dad said to me many years ago, um, you have to, the only sound thing is real estate. Um, you know, my dad started out with small business, did well, invested in real estate, um, which I bought a property with my dad's help in my late 20s that I still own. And so I think that's invaluable information because I don't have I don't have a 401k or whatever it is. I don't, I don't have that. I have some money in super. But I think that we are standalone businessmen. You know, that's what we are as freelancers or, you know, what you do with suites. So, you know, no matter what goes on in the economy, I've seen my one property that I own go up in value, down in value, up in value, down in value. But overall, it's gone up, 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 exactly. up, up. There's no exactly. way I could make that much money in my career and I think that's incredible advice to give. Well you live people. in the Hudson Valley, right, Marvin? And then so you live in the Hudson Valley and then you and that's very smart. A lot of people don't realize the amount of property you get in the Hudson Valley. But now people are actually moving that way. I actually have a little something in the Bronx, uh around two thirty third street. I have something in Englewood, New Jersey. I have this property. I'm looking to buy more property. The other piece of advice I'm gonna give everybody Everybody, okay. be very careful where you buy your property. Don't okay. buy anything in the low-lying low valley. Don't buy anything on the bottom of a hill. Don't buy anything. Check out your down south. Do your research. because I'm writing this down. Climate is changing. Yeah. And a lot of these places have crazy weather. It's about to get worse. Yeah. So you have to be very careful about where you buy your property. I love that he's teaching us portfolio stuff too. Yeah. I love this. That's a whole nother. That's a whole. I know that's a whole ETA. different class. This yeah. this has been so wonderful. Thank you for doing what your ETA. Also, I want to ask you, what is your ETA on most clients? How long does it usually take for like two hours? Two two hours. hours. So you got that, guys. If you go in, unless, unless it's color, of course, colors. You know. Okay. You know, but most people are two hours. I love that you were on with us and we finally got you on. Thank you. Okay, thank you. It's been It's beautiful. been such a pleasure talking to you, Marvin. Thank you so much. We want to thank you all again for tuning in. Please be a part of this amazing community of makeup artists and hairstylists. Please give us a follow on Instagram. It's whatsyouretta.podcast. Also, you can follow me at Megan Hester, M-E-A-G-A-N-H-E-S-T-E-R, makeup, M-A-K-E-U-P, on Instagram. Make sure you follow Viv. Where can we follow you? You can find me at Viv Summers, B-I-V-S-O-M-E-R-S. And if you have an episode idea, guys, or a person that you would love to hear us interview, please reach out because we want to hear from you. Yes, we really, really do. And I just want to thank you all again for tuning in with us each week. We really love the atmosphere that we're creating, and we can only do that with you guys. Talk to you next week.